This episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Gray's Restaurant. Let the Gray family cook for your family today. Andrews Insurance Agency, one agency for all your insurance needs. People's State Bank, a local bank working for you. And of course, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House for Bridgeport-style pizza. Call 945-FOOD. The Old School Red Hill Podcast is an Impulse Radio production. Doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter where you go. If it's a million miles away or just a mile up the road, take it in, take it with you when you go. Who says you can't go home? Who says you can't go back? Hey, thanks for tuning in to part two of 1985 and 1986 school year review in the oral history of Red Hill High School on the Old School Red Hill Podcast. I am Brian Emmons on behalf of my partners Chip Jamerson, David King, and Gary Emmons. We recorded about a week ago. Part one came out, and now it's time for part two, and we had just a blast recording this, and this was my junior year, so good time for me, and I was able to to recall some things and brought up a lot of great memories of, uh, of my good friends and uh, and everybody at the school. So hope you enjoyed part one, and even more so, I hope you enjoy part two of the 1985-86 school year. Here we go. Red Hill Junior High Basketball, the eighth grade team went eight and 13, led by Dave Hobbs, of course. You also had uh, David C., Jeremy Hankins. Uh, you had um, uh, Sean Potts. Uh, of course, I'm sure Brandon moved up, played Potts, on the Potts yeah, hot on this episode. Brandon played some eighth grade ball that year. Yep. Yep. He, he moved Quite a up bit. This year. The seventh grade team, of course, Chip, remember what your final record was in, in the yeah. 86? Yep. 15 and two. We lost to Lawrenceville in the regular season, and we lost to Robinson in the regionals. Of course, you had Brandon Gino, our very own Chip, Matt Gentry, right? Or Gentry was yep. on that team. Uh-huh. Scott Piper, Eric Holtz, Chad Andrews, Corey Ray, Mike Hayes. I mean, a pretty loaded team. Yeah, you know, <laughs> lost, yeah. lost, you know, uh, lost Corey from from that team uh, the next year. Did he move as a freshman or freshman a year? So. Yeah. After his eighth grade year. So we had him in eighth grade also. And you look, you know, I don't have much in these. I knew, obviously knew my fifth grade team won the Louisville tournament, had a pretty good year. I know the sixth grade team with McCullough, Havel, Mosby, Roderick, uh, Chad Hill. Don't, David forget King, David, don't forget David King. <laughs> James Hughes. I mean, those, the, obviously, I, I don't know what the record was. But we lost, uh, we were undefeated, uh, lost, the Pike, lost the Pike Central in the. Revay tournament. Revay okay, tournament. Yeah. So yeah. some kind of well, tur- you don't tournament. But start trying to yeah. cross that river. It gets a little yeah. tougher. Oh, I know from fifth grade to eighth grade, we only lost in fifth. We lost to Pike Central in sixth grade. We lost to Washington Catholic in eighth grade. And then that Lawrenceville loss in seventh grade. Lawrence was the only team in Illinois that beat us, not counting the regional games. So, yeah, but Chip, we're 0 2 against Indiana teams. Would you, well, we beat Revay. They weren't very good. Uh, would you have been, was the Stimels, was that? For Washington yes, Catholic? I was with Stimels and Madison. Oh, they were the geez. Washington Catholic. So the superintendent of Bar Reeve. Uh, well, would have been, been Travis or Toby? Travis. Yeah, Toby would have been It's my age. Right. Yeah. Toby, okay. Well, it's across the street from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they were loaded. Yeah. And they would have some, they they got to the semi-state, uh, 204 kids in the school and made to the semi-state uh, the Stimels senior year. 
Yeah, when Indiana was one class. Yeah, that was one class deep. basketball. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's get let's get to the number one song in all the land, okay. December seventh and December fourteenth of a nineteen eighty five. Let's play a little Broken Wings. I'm playing basketball in that bed. Oh, my man, it's just, Jesus. I'm riding home from the after mission seventh grade basketball practice listening to this song right now. Does does a song like this have a chance today? It's damn good. I don't know. On the pop charts. Maybe not today. On the pop charts, it doesn't because the pop charts are garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, don't get I don't start on that. Music, <laughs> yeah. music's so music's so different now. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be hard. Huh. Let's talk about the Lucky Leafers, Dave. What were the Lucky Leafers? Do you remember? Four H Club and that a was a Four H Club. And the, a Lucky Le- the Lucky Leafers Four H Club met at the Chancy Ruritan Building, February of '86. Demonstrations were given by Charity Swain. Blast in the past. I haven't heard that name in a while. Andy Schultz and Mike McKinney. Talks were given by Neil Heath and Amy Thacker wow. at this meeting this today. <laughs> the speakers for the evening were Chuck Roderick, Alf- Alfredo Cesars, and Mrs. Mary Lou Poland. Dang. My goodness. This, <laughs> it's like it was loaded. A, Sp- a Spanish type <laughs> theme. <Yeah. laughs> Chuck the Roderick they they were served, a, served a meal of taquitos and burritos. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck. Chuck Roddick recently returned home from Honduras with Alfredo. There you go. He's going to attend Red Hill. Mrs. Poland is the Spanish teacher at Red Hill, and she's going to be assisting Alfredo in learning English. Well, I was going to say, was she was she giving a talk or was she translating here? She may be translating. <laughs> refreshments of tacos. Refreshments of tacos prepared by... Courtney and Whitney Kirchie were served to the group. You know, Alfredo was like, these suck. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you have some to ground get... beef and some Ortega yeah. mix. Surely and... Alex Santos was somewhere around. Oh, I meeting. gotta think. <laughs> I gotta think. I don't remember this at all. I don't know if maybe Brian does or Chip may, but I don't remember this. Saturday, November 17th, 1985. Okay. The Indiana State Lady Sycamores come to Red Hill for a scrimmage. I do not remember that. I don't remember that. Well, I don't Former know Red why. Would... Stand out, Jody Moe okay. will lead the Indiana State Sycamores in a blue-white scrimmage at Red Hill. The whole thing was there to set up and raise money for the girls' basketball program at Red Hill. Wait so. a minute. I do remember this. <laughs> I would have never in my whole life ever thought about that. Yes, I do now remember this. Huh. Yes, that was a nice gesture to get Jody back home and play in front, yeah. of, her, uh, play in front of her family and friends and uh, do a little fundraising for, for Red Hill. Let's go ahead and get on to my uh, my third song. It was tough to like take out. We usually try to do three songs or whatever, and this was hard. But my uh, my last song, and this is still at eighty five, and I hope Brian cued it up to my favorite part of the song. We'll see, did you remember? I, I hope no. <laughs> Probably but Lionel Richie. Say you, say me. The now, end of the part where the guitar really gets going. Now the pressure's song. on because I don't think that helping hand, someone who understands. 
Huh? <laughs> it's starting yeah. to build up a little bit. I think I, I know exactly. We'll see. Come on, Brino. <laughs> From December 21st all the way through January 11th, so I uh, think wow. four or five weeks at number one. Wait, is this the part? No. You I think it's good. Yeah, I thought we were closer than we I were. I did too. I think I had that, and then I, I'm, I think it's right here where I cut it off. Wait, if this is what you're talking about? Here it is, right yeah. here. Here it comes. <laughs> That's right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Right where we stopped. <laughs> See, that's my least favorite part of the song. Uh, yeah, so that's I do too. Where I would have yeah. I hate that. I like the slow stuff. Well, I do too, but it's like it's a tale of two songs. Which I, think yeah, I agree with it that. It was very interesting how they did yeah, that. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Now, I left off some of these other songs, but What Unseated Say You Say Me? So, this is the run we had in the winter of 85, 86. The Miami Vice theme, okay. which. I love that for the reason they always use that Miami Vice theme for the three-point three point shootout. shootout yeah, naturally, uh, Larry Bird and holds up the number one yep. right when he shoots his last shot to win the whole thing. So they always played that song during that. Then we built this city for two weeks, then Broken Wings for two weeks, then Say You Say Me for four weeks, and then That's What Friends Are For for two weeks, then Howell, I Know Whitney Houston for two weeks or three weeks, and then you went to Kyrie, and that's the winner. I mean, just a – wow. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good run. Yeah. Legendary songs. Stop it. That's a good run. I'm going to finish up with um, some school board stuff, if that's okay. Please. <laughs> November, John Finley edged, edged out incumbent Bob Waller Tuesday night in a tight race between four men vying for two seats on the original school Ooh. board. The second seat was retained by incumbent Doug Andrews, who was the top vote getter among the district's candidates with 466 votes. Nice guy. More than 20% of the total votes cast wow. in the entire unit. Incumbents Rex Moan and Dwayne Scott also gained re-election. Official results show that 717 people came out to vote in Unit 10. That translates to about a 16 to 17% oh, voter turnout. Oh, for that. my goodness. That's terrible. <laughs> So less than two points, two percentage points separated Finley and Waller throughout the evening. But uh, Finley did edge out incumbent Waller. Does Waller call for a recount in that? I don't know that he did because it wouldn't have been – I don't know what 2%, but I don't have, I'm not very good at math this quickly. It but can't be 2% much. out of that could have been great. Yeah. So that was November, of course, December school board meeting. A little bit of controversy, I would say. Jamie Andrews and Vicki Finley, okay. who are both spouses. Spouse, Yeah of school board members were both hired as aides for the rest of the school year. Ooh. Eight applicants for the positions. The report came out that three had no experience. One lived in Olney, which I guess that takes that you out of the running. You out. That's right. I know we have other Olney uh, residents that have worked at Red Hill in the past. One previously worked for Unit 10 and uh, left unsatisfactorily. Okay, knocks her out. And uh, let's see. So the voting on this passed four to two to hire both to hire these ladies with both Andrews and Finley voting yes. So they probably kind of had to, right? You're not going to vote no, or they could have abstained, I suppose. But it was, yeah, that's what they do up here. They always abstain if there's a family yeah. member. Yeah. So they did not. They, they voted they, yes. They gave them the vote. <laughs> so you knock those out. It's two two, and we're arm wrestling for it. Yes. January uh, cheerleading sponsor Sherry Baker came to the board. Requesting funds for the World International Cheerleading Championships held April 11th through the 13th in Chicago at the cost of $6,000. Oh, speaking now, of wow. groundwork being laid. 
Eighty eighty six. That'd be like sixty thousand. Yeah, that's, that's a big ticket. <laughs> this was Sherry. a co-op of the dance team and the cheerleaders. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. That was going to go to this competition. Red Hill Junior High cheerleaders were also seeking donations for a competition in Nashville, Nashville Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Now we're starting to get get into some serious <laughs> that, business. So this is you know they're looking at already eleven months in advance of uh, preparing for this, which obviously. If you know anything about Red Hill cheerleading, uh, had some really great teams for the years, and that was, uh, those girls worked hard, worked hard at that for sure. February, guys, this was a big one. February school board meeting. Gene Moore resigning after 36 years. Wow. Service to Unit 10. He was going to make it effective July 1st of 86. So I'm sorry, Mr. Moore, for cussing you on those days. I wanted school to be <laughs> stupid, you were a good superintendent. Stupid Gene Moore. <laughs> As he was a great uh, administrator at Red Hill, for sure. We have an update. Cheerleading dance team withdraw their request for <laughs> financial assistance to go to Chicago. In the same meeting? No, this was the next one. Oh, okay. <laughs> they cited conflicts with other school activities and difficulties, raising the money on their own. I, so I say, think, though, I think the main difficulty was the six large they were trying to gather. <laughs> And Arlie Roberts resigned after 17 years oh, at Red Hill. Her. Oh, wow. I loved her. Had over, had over 30 years total, but she had 17 to Red Hill. And then we're going to move on to the March school board meeting. And this is going to wrap me up here, guys. March, Dr. Paul Tugaw resigned from the basketball program after 14 years servicing that. He's citing health and family. Um, of course, you know, his I think son, it had more uh, to do with shitty basketball. No, well, no. His son was, uh, sim- son was sick. And he wanted to dedicate more time to his family. And then Bonnie Mills resigned after 33 years as a cook at K5 and 6 centers. Thanks to Bonnie for her service to providing nutritious meals to the kids in Unit 10 for all those years. But that's going to wrap me up. All right. Charles Lynn Jameson Jr. to take us home in the spring of that <laughs> to the five, well, Let's go right into the April board meeting since Gary uh, ended with the March board meeting. Um, from my reports here at the April board meeting, the uh, resignation of Paul Tugal was tabled at the Ooh. March 13th meeting. Um, he was wanting to resign from all coaching duties, as Gary has already uh, let us know. Um, but the board did accept at the April meeting. So okay. I'm not sure why they would not accept at the March meeting, but he it's official now in April. And they've also accepted a letter from John Brooks, who will be resigning from head basketball and track coach okay. um, after this year. Now, the vote to accept these resignations, see, to me, I've always – I've never seen a resignation not accepted. Mm-hmm. My like, what are you gonna do? Like, if you don't accept it, like, you gotta just keep I, force just them to coach. You just don't. You just don't show up for. Right. You know, if you don't want to be the assistant basketball coach, you just never show up. But you're still getting paid for it. I mean, yeah. seems like a decent deal. But it was a three-hour uh, executive session talking about the resignations of Tugal and Brooks. So what you would think would just be cut and dry. They were three hours in executive session. They've even, um, they've brought in some experts to this executive session to discuss this. They've brought in. What the heck could they uh, have been talking about? They brought in Bill Evans. They want his views on things. They brought in principal 
Mr. H.J. Rice to give his viewpoints during session. And former school board member Tom Heath has been pulled in to discuss during this time what their thoughts on accepting these resignations should be. I've got a question. I mean, Brian, you kind of touched on it. Was there pressure for Brooks to resign? Oh, yes. Yeah, no question. I mean, you just I mean, won. Parents, you you know, just parents, won. Sir, I, I can't. Of the, I, I don't remember, you know, yeah. exactly parent stuff, but there yeah. is no question uh, with the freshmen and knowing the talent yeah. that Stacy and right. Lance and those guys that's, were bringing. That's what, that's there's, I, I don't so. think there's any there's yeah. any question. They knew what was going on. Which I don't know if he's put his res- if he's put his letter in. I don't know why we have to. Let- why do we have to have three hours? And well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Are they already <laughs> talking? To- experts. Are they already? Are is the search committee on, knowing that they've got a real basketball future and they're trying to get this Poss- right? Maybe they're already po- possibly Heath Evans and um, Heath Evans and Rice are going to be involved in this search committee, possibly. Um, so they have, after three hours in executive session, they have made a motion. Bill Bryan made the motion uh, to accept both resignations. And John Finley Jr. Ex- uh, seconded that. And it was a six to one. Dwayne Scott voted against. So um, I would love to know what his percentage of no votes were. <laughs> he seemed to vote no a lot. So, yeah. So Tugal and Brooks, their resignations have ex- officially been accepted. So we'll be looking for the um, kind of the fourth, but really just the third basketball coach in Red Hill history mm-hmm. um, will be hired later this, this spring or summer. You know, banking with a personal touch is what we all want. In this era of mega banks, it's the mission of People State Bank to provide growth and stability to all the communities they serve. And those communities, you know where they're at. Lawrenceville, Sumner, St. Francisville, and Bridgeport. A truly locally owned bank that works for the community, with the community. Things like 4-H projects, pack the place. For over 140 years, they have pledged to serve you with quality service for all your financial needs. Say hi to Stacy and his team. And again, Lawrenceville, St. Francisville, Sumner and Bridgeport, we appreciate the support of People's State Bank. Hey, when you hear that music, you know what we're about to talk about, and that is pizza from Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, 4 to 9, first Friday of every month, of course. Open for lunch, but what I want to talk about now is you're saying, Brian, it's March. What is the pizza of the month? Well, I'm about to tell you. It is chicken and waffles pizza at the Pizza House. Now listen to this. You start with the, the crust brushed lightly with butter. Then they add mozzarella cheese, that crispy chicken, pieces of waffle, And then after baking it, they're going to brandish that baby with maple syrup, and it is served hot to you. Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. They're across from the Dog Pound. Give them a call to pick it up or have it delivered at 945-FOOD. That's 945-3663. Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Um... Other things there that 
Everybody else are keeping the um, Evans as football and baseball. Uh, Mr. Jury is wrestling. Uh, Steve Cunningham, girls basketball. They've all been accepted to come back. Um, now, here's something I didn't, I mean, I'm sure I realized at this time, I did not know Roy Joe Dillard was one of the assistant football coaches on that 85 team that we were talking about, but um, he's back. He'll be back next year. Coach defense. Uh, okay. Um, Phyllis Kimmel uh, will be retained as the assistant girls basketball coach, and Gary Huber, of course, is assistant wrestling coach. So all, all other coaching assignments will remain the same, as well as at the junior high level, Dixon and Thomas will be back for another year. Uh, Mrs. Waite will be back for another year with girls basketball, and Mr. Bowser at the fifth and sixth grade level retained for another year. Um, here's something I didn't talk. Speaking of Mr. Shan, um, he is now being named the junior high director of student affairs. Oh, wow. So I, this would be like going into my eighth grade year when I had him. He was definitely still the eighth grade science teacher, but maybe one of his first orders of business as a student affairs director was to switch classrooms with Mr. Waite. Try to, that's what, try to cut down on the smoking <laughs> in the class. I do know we had a firecracker in our classroom in there. So like, you know, one of those little firecracker you light and throw it. We had one of those go off and hit Mr. Shane's class. Um, right. Cause the library connected to, um, connected yeah. to Mr. Shan's room and somebody sitting yeah. right over there by the library. It's kind of a swinging door. Yeah. Um, and, um, Popped one off from over there <laughs> during <laughs> class. Um, uh, other assignments that board meeting: um, Kent Ingram as music at Red Hill Junior High. I thought he was already in that. I guess it's just retained because they were maybe uh, not tenured or something. Uh, Mr. Vals will be back for music another year at the fifth and sixth grade level. Mrs. Cat is cheerleading sponsor. Mrs. McMillan is yearbook sponsor. So a lot of these things are just like, yeah, they get the job rubber, every year. They're kind yeah. of going through a lot rubber of rubber uh, stamping um, them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of rubber stamps here. So, um, but yeah, the, uh, the, uh, resignations was the big news from that meeting. So let's get into track season. Let's start with that. And I've got to give, I don't know what, when Joe Jones was hired, I do. Sounds, I, I've got it right here in front of me. The okay, article. When was he hired? He was hired in the. It's the March third yep. ep, uh, edition of the Daily Record. Sports editor named at Daily Record Joe this. Jones. He was a part-time writer at the Olney Daily Mail. And, and this makes a lot of sense. If you're if you were around sports at this time, obviously Joe Jones and his flip flops were, uh, were were legendary. Said he cited his love for sports and writing. The opportunity has come natural. He'd been looking at a chance to land a full time job. Uh, he's a he's a graduate of um, Eastern Illinois University. Um, his spare time, Jones likes auto racing, participating in demolition derbies, reading and rooting for the Chicago Bears, the baseball Cardinals. He takes over for Don Nice. And I also, because I know Gary was missing something. He was missing some sectional scores. David was sometimes having trouble with football scores and so forth. I'll tell you what, in this spring of 86, there's nothing missing. Yeah. I have never seen a better produced sports page at the daily record than what Joe Jones came in and did in the spring of 86 it's day after day. There's a full red Hill junior high track 
uh, report, a full Parkview Junior High track report, a full high school track report, uh, Lawrenceville softball, Lawrenceville baseball, Red Hill baseball. I mean, he had in some days had five to six different. Everybody was playing, and he had full he articles every every well, single event that was going on. So his, his quote I, here is: "The Daily Record puts out a quality paper, and the area is rich in a fine sports tradition. I'm looking forward to working in this area, and intend to do my best to keep the sports department at a high quality level." And I know we've had some great people like Hal T. Ward looking at those older, but Joe Jones is the best that I think Lawrence County's ever had. And he when it got comes to, to know, writing. he got to know us as players. You know, he yeah. would show up. If he was coming to your baseball game, he'd be out on the field while you're standing there playing catch, warming up, talking to you. I mean, he was, he dove into his job. He did. And so I've got a lot. I, I thought taking spring, I'd kind of get the light, the the lighter load here, but I had a lot to read. And I was like, what can I leave out? This is also well-written and so informative. I was, so I was on the seventh grade Red Hill junior high track team. There was so like, I could there was so much Red Hill junior high track information. I could do an entire hour <laughs> show just on Red Hill junior high track. He had it all in there. So, and let's I'll face it. To- that's not the most <laughs> glamorous sport no. to cover junior high track, but he was in there getting all the information. So, Let's start with my first song. When I hear this song, you think of Joe it, Jones. It, it, I think of track. Okay, and now I can connect Joe Jones to it. So uh. I think of that track season, and I don't know why I picture myself at Fairfield standing in line at the concession stand. I don't know if the song was playing at the meter, or, but if I still hear the song thirty six years later, I think of being in Fairfield. Um, well, Van Halen has a new lead singer. Yes, he does. They do. We we know who Sammy Hagar is. Uh, he just had, um, you know, like this I can't was drive big or so. news. This is huge. So we're, we've been awaiting their 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 album. Yeah. Okay. And their first single. The first single was released in the spring of '86. It went to number three on the charts in May, but and so it was very popular throughout this entire spring sports season. So let's start with Sammy's first song. Why can't this be love? All right. That's that's Van that's Van Halen for me. Right See, I'm yeah, I'm a I'm a I love some the David Lee Ross. I'm a Van Hagar guy. I I've said this before. My favorite my favorite Van Halen song is Panama. So my favorite songs are in the Roth era, but just for consistency, I'll take Van Hagar yeah. any day. So we opened the season that year at Olney and um Let's see. The only one the girls meet, and the only one, but they always had good, strong track programs. I'm just going to give a few names here because they might come up later on. So, some of the people that had good meets, uh, let's see. Denise Bowser and the mile runs at the school record, seven minutes and 12 seconds. So remember that number, seven minutes and 12 seconds. And Kelly Tidwell set the seventh grade school record for the boys with a 615.88. 
Uh, so we had a couple school records broken that day at Alney to open up the track season. I do. I remember clearly this next over the weekend, we went to South Knox uh, for a big invitational there. And I'll never. And I remember that day, uh, Red Hill won the girls division. And I remember Monica Cunningham being named the outstanding athlete in the girls competition. Oh, wow. It was a really, it was a really cool moment. So we got the championship. And I don't know if she got a trophy, but she may have got a medal. But I remember her, they did a victory lap around the South Knox track. Oh, wow. With Ma, with Ma, I think she was holding probably the team tro- holding the team trophy above her head as the whole team followed her around the track. So, Gee whiz. Yeah, that was a moment you don't forget. I was recently asked, I don't know who asked me, if it was you guys or somebody else or something on Facebook, have you ever been to North Knox's football field? And I said, yeah, I've been to a track meet there. Um but I was whoever I said that to, I was incorrect. This meet was at South, South Knox because that was the meet I was referring to when I answered that question. In but be- so this was beautiful Vern, Indiana. <laughs> yes. Um, so the um, and then Red Hill was finished way down in, in, in the pack at the in the on the boys division there. So a few other things I'll just kind of go through here. You'll notice these mile times kept improving throughout the year. And to the point where Kelly Tidwell on the boys' side was, let's see, what did he run? He ran a 526 up at Charleston. And I think I said in the beginning, he set the school record with a 7. 712. That, that was Mon- it was Denise oh, at 712. Oh. His was 615. So okay. still um, cut 50 seconds okay. off his time. So um, that was a great moment. So those wow. are our. And I'm really confused. I don't know why we did it this way, but this, it looks like at that meet at, I remember that day. It was great. We got the entire day off of school and it was an all day track meet in Charleston where we had at green up dairy queen on the way home. Um, I, I, it looks like it was only seventh grade there for some reason. And it looks like the eighth grade, cause we were in the IESA which is what Red Hill's in now right. is, which mainly central and Northern Illinois schools and Red Hill's kind of the bottom of that. Yeah. Um, as far South as it goes, but the eighth grade went to the S I J H S A A division down in Benton is where their state meet was where seventh grade went up to Washington, Illinois by Peoria for their state meet. I don't understand why seventh was an I E S A and eighth was an S I J H S A A. Because yeah. it was the same way in basketball. Because in basketball regionals that year, we were in an IESA regional with what we lost to Robinson that regional game, whereas the eighth grade played in the other division. So it was just really weird. I don't know why it was that way. It was split between the two. But that was one moment I remember from that year, besides the Monica Cunningham victory lap. I was standing next to George Tidwell down there on the big blue track at EIU at these sectionals. Kelly's dad, George. And 26 runners or 28 runners in this, according to Mr. Dixon. I know Kelly was well back. He was probably mid pack after probably about three laps, four lap race. And George Tidwell and I, it was almost like we were willing him along. It's all like we were whipping air, kind of like how you're in the Kentucky Derby <laughs> yeah. and you're whipping your horse. Like George Tidwell and I were like whipping air going, go, go. And we watched Kelly pass about 13 runners on that final lap. <laughs> and he won it at the end. 
And it was one of the great Red Hill sports moments I've seen because, I mean, he came out of nowhere and ran a 526. This was a guy that was running 615 just a, a month earlier. Oh, and it was a great moment with, uh, with George. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I felt like we were part of that, pushing him along. And I'm sure there, the whole Red Hill contingent was doing that. But getting to stand next to the father of the man on the track made, yeah. it, made it even better. Um, so Kelly went on to go to state. I could not find how he did say, I almost messaged him this morning. I would have got a response because he was on Facebook posting this morning. So I probably would have got a response, but um, I couldn't see how I, he, he did, I looked, I found out who placed at state. He was not one of them that placed. We were in the large division of IESA. So you're playing some bigger, I mean, but like Robinson thing, they were in there too, but a lot of the bigger schools were in that. Uh, the winner at state ran a four fifty nine. pretty impressive for a seventh grader. Um a new state record it was pretty impressive for anybody yeah yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah My- michael huff <laughs> michael huff from kankakee he was the um the winner by so i know kelly didn't place but uh, interesting like three days after the state track meet because i was just searching the name kelly tidwell Kelly Tidwell was admitted to Lawrence County Memorial Hospital. So I don't know if there was an injury or something from the, or maybe he didn't even run at state because I really should have messaged him this morning so he could get the uh, info on this. But uh, so I'm not sure how Kelly did state, but he didn't, but we also had our 400 team, uh, 400 relay qualified for state. No, the 800 relay, Gene Allen, Eric Thacker, Eric Holtz, and the anchor Tim Tate they qualified for state as well. And then qualifying for girls state was uh, Denise Bowser. This is down in Benton. Remember, we're going two different directions here yeah. for eighth grade. I guess it's seventh, eighth grade combined because it's uh, Denise Bowser, Barbie Byerly, Mandy Cunningham, and seventh grader Kathy Starkey uh, set a new school record oh, wow. in, um, in a relay with four minutes, 35 seconds. So I assume that's the four by 400 relay. Uh, they went to state. And Mary Martha Cunningham went to state in the hurdles. She, uh, in the one, in the 100 hurdles, and then also in the 800, looks like. So we had a few representatives of state. So I could go a lot deeper into the Red Hill uh, Junior High track, but that kind of gives you some of the main uh, names there. And then in the Red Hill High School track season, a few of the, the names you see a lot that year. Uh, Pat Bridget ran the 200 and usually placed well in most meets. Uh, Brian Cummins was his rival in that. Classmates, good friends. Yep. I mean, Sumner from Kinder. I mean, these guys have sure. been going head to head for the entire career. So I, I see in one meet here, uh, Cummins was second with uh, 26.18 in the 220 and Bridget with 26.38. So they were neck and neck throughout. Uh, one name I saw a lot was in the two mile run. Carrie Hill was definitely our um, yeah, our stalwart yeah. in that in um, that event. Freshman Mark Ambrose in the sprints. Um, and the, and, the, and the jumping events was was definitely a factor. Carrie was usually running about 11.02. So when you guys are out running later today, David, Gary, I know you're training for a race right now. At the two-mile mark, you can see where you're at. And you're in two Carrie, miles in 11.02? Two miles in 11.02. Jeez. <laughs> 
right now i can't do one mile of that. <laughs> so when you get to that 1102 mark see how far you ran and then think well that carrie hill was finishing two miles in this time now uh, i'm telling you we're talking about dedication carrie hill and he can respond and say if i'm wrong about this i think he used to go run two or three miles like sometimes during lunch hour at school <laughs> at those times he definitely could knock him out in 15 minutes though so. um and then wrapping up the season uh pat bridget looks like made it into sectionals but not qualify for state um he uh, looks like high hurdles ended up becoming his better event carrie hill um with a fifth place finish in the 3200 meters i don't have a don't have a time on that but so looks like that class of 87 that are juniors were kind of leading this track team that spring and so a lot of carrie hill information on this show which i know he'll listen so oh, yeah. i look forward to some of his feedback from this episode i saw nothing about a girls track team i guess i know we've talked before and other board there was like reinstating a girls track team and so forth right. so this is must be when it was not instated because i saw no sign of a girls track team. I didn't look at the yearbook, so I'm looking at that now. I've never and, heard somebody yeah. say not instated. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, looking at the yearbooks, like there were some managers that were females, but nobody on the, no actual track team for the girls. So that wraps up our track season here. You want to simplify your insurance needs? You want one agency to handle all the coverage so you and your family can sleep knowing they're protected? Well, don't go anywhere else. Go see the guys at Andrews Insurance Agency, now powered of the Burkhardt Agency. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents that work hard to make sure you have the right coverage that is right for you. They've been a backbone of this community for years, huge supporter of Red Hill activities. So give T-Bone or Juice a call, 945-2881, and let the Andrews Insurance Agency handle your farm, commercial, or personal insurance needs. Andrews Insurance Agency, 945-2881. Take the family out to eat tonight, and there's no better place to do that than the people that have been serving Lawrence County for over 75 years. Hand-cut steaks and catfish, and of course, we're talking about Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. If you can't dine in, give them a call, 945-9501, and you can pick it up take it home and look like a hero to everybody in the house looking over some of their specials for march of course wednesday's beef manhattans bacon cheeseburgers on a couple of days i'm seeing some fish on fridays bang bang shrimp salmon patties there's no better idea for you to be the hero of the home if you let the gray family cook for your family today now, we had a thread on the Old School Facebook page. So if you listen to this podcast, but you're not a member of the Facebook page, just search Old School Red Hill Salukis. And um, Gary has been doing a great thing. He does a daily on this yeah, day in Red fun. Hill history. And he researches something from the Sun commercial or the Daily Record and uh, what happened that day in sports. So I know that a lot of people are enjoying that. So one, and I think Gary started this thread too, we're talking about musicals and I know we're going to do our Mr. Climber episode at some point, 
But for right now, let's talk about the musical that spring. And it was West Side Story. Awesome. Classic. Now, little information on West Side Story. It was going to be performed April 18th and 19th. And um, 8 o'clock each night. I believe this is the one I mentioned on that thread that if you were a 7th and 8th grader at Red Hill Junior High at that time, they bust us down to see a dress rehearsal of it. Uh, one afternoon, which was great to get to, I didn't go to a lot of the musicals. So the kids like us that didn't get, didn't get those opportunities. It gave us a chance to see the musical too, and maybe get excited about doing one when we were in high school, though, I don't think we did a big musical during my high school career. I didn't know they did Annie like in 1993 or something until oh, Steve wow. Bocock posted about it. <laughs> I thought oh, musicals yeah. were, were done. Um, but um, so some of the, the major players in that I'll actually probably tell you all the players in this one. Uh, the seniors performing were Danny Ash, Mark Barnett, Tia Bennett, Jeanette Bond, Jackie Cooper, Trisha Hazlett, Kathy Heron, Courtney Kirchie, Dave Lawson, Stephanie Murray, Susan New, Annie Polly, Dan Piercy, Stacey Shear, Brant White were the seniors. Uh, junior class, Tracy Addison, Jerry Bond, Brian Emmons, Jamie Gray, Mike Hand, Michael Hand, Lisa Hosman, Chris Heath, Neil Heath. Uh, Carrie Hill, Ronna Holtz, Robert Maddell, Bobby Maddell, Gail Paddock, Trina Reinhart, Brent Watson, Jody York. Trina had a pretty good basketball season, too. But I, every time I see Trina's name, isn't she Travis and Troy's sister? No. She's not? Okay. No. I, <laughs> right, I'm not 100% sure. Sense if were... I was going to say, I, I never thought of her. I just feared since she had a TR name and she was right in between them. I thought, well, she must be their sister. But I was like, she must be the underrated. Okay, no, that makes I, more sense. I, I'm though. not even sure they were related, honestly. Okay. As I was because I was always wondering, like, why do I always hear Travis and Troy's name, but never hear her name um, mentioned alongside them? But yes, she had a good, uh, a solid junior year. And then our sophomores, Amy Abel, Angie Dabbs, you can tell there's a lot of people in this musical. Stacey Fisher, Amy Forsyth, Renee Hicks, uh, Tana Holtz, Don Lawson, Leslie Newell, Amy Penton, John Phillips, Jennifer Polk, Robin Roderick, Lisa Schaefer, Wendy Shear, Jody Snap, and Cindy Weston, friend of the show. And then our young freshman group, Christy Bowson, Roxy Bluebaum, Jason Brinkman, J.C. Brookhart. Uh, Carrie Five, Trisha Gagnon, Mike Gray, Kathy Grace, Tracy Grubb, Scott Lewis, Susan McBride, Lena Moffat, Stacey Moore, Don Piper, David Super, Ashley Smith, Julia Talley, and Cindy Davis. So, um, of course, some many of you have probably uh, seen the see either performed at Red Hill or somewhere else, so you kind of know know the story here. But I guess since I'm doing West Side Story, talking about it, I'll do another one of my songs here because it kind of fit in uh, with at least the title did. So. Um, Number one, actually, during this time. Oh, wow. That's weird. Or maybe a, you know, no, we, there were a week after was uh, Pet Shop Boys' first big hit in the United States. It did go number one, like I said, in April of 86. And that is to go along with West Side Story. So I guess we're talking here about Tia Bennett and Jeanette Bond and Jackie Cooper, West End Girls. So, Brian, any tell us 
give us a little recap. I know you, this is a big part of your high school career. Yep. Memories of West Side Story. Oh, gosh. I know Neil Heath has been mentioned on the show in his beard before. Yeah. Uh, what else do you have from West Side Story? Oh, uh, just incredible. Um, Stacy Shear, Danny Ash, Trisha Hazlett did the the heavy lifting as far as the songs go. I was um, the one of the main character Maria's brother, uh, so I was the head. Puerto Rican gang member Carrie Hill was the head shark. We had a a duel to the death at the end. I got my my one and only taste of like serious acting when Carrie and I got in a huge argument and fight, which I'm sure I've got the VCR tape. I'm sure you watch it now. It's just I'm sure it's it's Oscar worthy. But we we honestly, you know, I I, I love sports and and had some great lifelong friends and connections I made. But boy. That when you read those names, those people, especially the upperclassmen that were in the in the main parts, we spent a lot, a lot of hours practicing for that, and you just became very close and and uh, just like I said, Stacy, Trisha, Danny, Ash did did the heavy lifting, and what an incredible job! And you know, like the song Maria really showed. Danny Ash's singing ability. I mean, it was just really, really good stuff. And it just Neil would leave, Neil would leave that Officer Krupke beard <laughs> on, and we'd go running around using that as we could. And and uh, <laughs> um, it was didn't uh, Mike Gray get his ear cut off during the performance? He, I believe he did. I, uh, yes, I, I can't I remember how the story went. I think Carrie cut it off, and then that's why eventually we'll, would kill Carrie Hill. Spoiler <laughs> <laughs> <Boiler> alert! <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, Brian, if you can find that VHS, oh, I've got it. Okay, I, I would love to I'm, upload that to YouTube. I I think it'd be very popular on the old school page if we uploaded it. I think I, a lot I, of people I'm like sitting, to see uh, that. I'm sitting. In, in my basement on my desk very near the storage room that I could walk in there and pick it up right now. <laughs> All right. Well, when I see you in a couple of weeks, I might have to, we have to exchange that and I'll get that up on the YouTubes. Sounds um, good. Well, let's segue right into, so a lot of great musicians in this class. So the music awards were handed out on Gary's birthday. They had the oh, uh, May birthday, 16th. Gary. They had the, it was a Friday. They had the awards night and any guesses on who won the John Philip Sousa Band Award? Very prestigious award still to this day at the school districts I worked at. Whoever wins the Sousa Award, like that is like an awesome thing you put on your college resume. Um, Gosh, I'm, top, uh, and these would have been seniors. So right. they, all the winners are from the class of 86. I'm going to say Trisha Hazlett. I think she played the flute. And she was the recipient of the John okay. Philip Sousa Award, Gary. Excellent. And Jackie, our neighbor, Jackie Cooper. Um, and actually both from our side of town yeah. Yeah. Um, there. Um, Jackie was the runner up. So congratulations to Trisha Hazlett for that. And now. She's racking up the awards this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not done with her awards either. <laughs> um, the National Choral Award. So. The top singer. Stop it! In, in the entire senior class, and it's a national award. This isn't just the Red Hill Singer of the Year. This, right? Who do we think it is? It's not Danny Ash. Well, it's a, it's a farce. I'm 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 gonna go out on a limb and say it was Danny Ash. 
you're right. It was Danny Ash. And I think he still sings some today. I think he still does some shows where he can. Oh, I know you guys saw him. <laughs> yes. Just a few more recently. Well, here, I, don't know, yeah. I always I don't hear the footage out there. Oh, God. Well, I, hope, well, I hope not. <laughs> because well, I have the footage. Because I, no, I mean, like, are there. Yeah. So do we have any of his vocals on? Did, I, I don't know because I was I was <laughs> I was okay. drunk and singing <laughs> with him, and uh, well, to be fairness, I've been playing in a the Brandon Smith Memorial Golf Scramble all day, and then we go take a fast shower and go to Neil and Beth's house for a party where Danny's band was playing. So listen, I I, I wasn't in great condition by the time they play Sweet Child of Mine at two in the morning. Okay, so nobody has I remember you or anything. Um, uh, no. Okay. You, are, yeah. No, let's, let's move on. Well, wait a minute. I, <laughs> okay. I got it on my phone. It won't take me a second to find it. Okay. That. Um, he, played he played 18 in life that night. I don't think he played. I remember. Yeah, he, he did because I've got to hear somewhere. Oh, hey, they're here. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I thought I had that somewhere. Chip trying to lead us into this joke, and we're arguing about. <laughs> yeah, since the, since the joke, yeah, I guess we can like. So the idea was, we'll we'll go behind the scenes. <laughs> I had texted Brian this morning at seven a.m. <laughs> Find a live version of I Remember You <laughs> and all and we'll act like it's Danny Ash singing. <laughs> we get yeah. it did it, it ended up not, not working out. In the end we got where we wanted to be. We just had to go the long way yeah, to get there. I got so you. Oh, all right. Now everybody so, knows I'm a big drunk. And- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now the part Brino's been waiting for, the baseball portion of our episode. And I'm actually shocked at our record. You, you, you got quite a few games. This was a rather dry spring. But no, I, I, tw- I thought we were better than 12 and 11. Okay. Yeah, and I, I just, well, I'll go through some of the games here, and, and they're in order. I don't have every single article here. But so our some preseason, our preseason report, written by, of course, Joe Jones in his third week at the paper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so coach Evans does return seven starters and four pitchers. Um, and the uh, two captains, Mike Cress and Tony worth Cress is going to play third base and outfield while worth will handle the catching duties and play first and outfield uh, and returning letter winners will be Hype Baldwin, Bob Bowser, Brian Emmons, Bobby York, Shannon Grismer, and Jerome Thacker. We're excited about the addition of Jay Vincent, He's back from the wigwam. He spent some time in Anderson, Anderson Indiana, yep. but he's back, and he might get some um, uh, some innings at outfield, shortstop, and and uh, and maybe pitch a little bit if we if we need him. Uh, Coach says we've got a good nucleus this year. The Bridgeport and Sumner baseball programs have been successful in the past, and these are quality players. We've got twenty one, um, and all of them are going to see action. There were more out to start practice, but we talked to them about playing time and they sort of weeded themselves out when they found out that they weren't going to see the field very much. 
And no doubt we're young, but we played a lot of underclassmen last year, so the young players are experienced. There will be three freshmen we're expecting to contribute, and that are, and those freshmen are Stacy Moore, Lance Smith, and Clifford York. And inside in the in the gym and the in the cage, we got some players hitting the ball really well. Uh, we've only been outside four times. This was you know mid March, but um, that's that's more than other teams around us have. We're fortunate to have a diamond that drains well and the indoor batting cage is big um the pitching staff is looking like grismer baldwin york thacker and more that's a pretty good rotation there um of three juniors a sophomore and a freshman and our even though it's young it's ex- we do have experience and that's a strong point and they're gonna open so they're about to open up the season and they open it up against north knox and they did get off to a one and zero start with a four to three win over North Knox, um, with some uh, final inning heroics by Bobby York. Um, so, holding a slim four lead in the bottom of the seventh, final, lined off a du- lined a double off winning pitch and took third on the throw. York entered in relief and prompted to walk the first batter, but then. I got the next one to pop out. So York's York came in relief of Grismer in the seventh and got the save. So good one and zero start heading over to Indiana. And then we played Lawrenceville that weekend. Lawrenceville struggling there. zero and three. And um, they, we did fall to Lawrenceville in that game. So um, it looks like it was a, Seven to seven to six loss in there. I'm trying to see if this was a a, a double header or not. This one, I'm kind of um, slow on this. I know one. we beat them. Was, I know we beat them. Uh, we okay. Red Hill won the first contest nine yeah. to six. Yeah, and the Indians took the second one five to two. So we split the double header that day. Yeah, um, I don't know. We take we take them later. We 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 beat them in both ends of a double header. Okay. Yeah, I believe I've got that article coming up here. Um, I know Reve was really good at this time. We had the all area player of the year, uh, uh, Brad Trickett. And of course, um, Steve Bono or Bono. Uh, is, he pronounced it Bono, didn't he? Or Bono, he yeah. Bono? Yeah, they had Brian Carey who who came in, Reve, and he would throw, God. It, yeah. He had to be in you, the 90s. I mean, just too yeah. hard. And and he would mow us down the first, first round, but then we would catch up to him. And uh, we had some success against him. Then they would bring in Bono, who threw all curves and junk. And, and so it was a different deal. But we had some success against that good team. Yeah. So we lost that. And we lost that one eight to six. Uh, Brino did have a triple that day. So um, the impre- impressive hitting there. Uh, Stacy Moore did took the, take the loss in relief of Hype Baldwin. And Steve Bono got the win. And... The we blasted Palestine in a, in a game nearly after them. Brian, I don't have every game, so if yeah. you uh, want, it, it's hard with baseball when there's twenty to twenty five yeah. games to get every game in here. But I know we bombed Palestine fifteen to one. Uh, now, Brian may not remember a lot about playing in that game because he did not play that day. They were once again without the services of Brian Emmons. Emmons injured his ankle in the Grayville game in a sliding prior to the Grayville game in a sliding accident in practice and practice. Um, here's the report from coach Evans. I have no recollection <laughs> of this at all. Uh, you're going to be evaluated in the next couple of days. Uh, you can walk on the ankle and you seem to be healing pretty well. 
and hopefully be back before missing too many more games. So are you still sliding in practice? I have no idea. I don't remember. I mean, I have zero. I may have been out on like a drug suspension or something because <laughs> I have no recollection of this at all. I know. Great. I don't have. I didn't get the great report typed out, but I I know they had a really good team, so we yeah, may have dropped always, that game. Yeah, because we're three and three. We're two and two. We're three and three. We lost to Grayville and then beat Palestine. Um, had a thriller after the, as Joe Jones called it, a circus against Palestine. Uh, the fifteen to one win. Uh, then we only beats us in a close one. Uh, always a good pace, baseball program there. Four to three. Uh, Evan says we're batting three twenty three as a team. We have seven starters hitting over three fifty, and our record's three and five right now. So lost the hits a, have been there. Just we lost a lot hitting. of close games. A lot of really close games. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Bingo Holman went deep that day in the losing effort. So sophomore Bingo Holman, um, and looks like Jay Vincent actually got in there and got two hits that day. So, um, along with Bowser and, and Holman had two hits on the day. Shannon Grismer did take the loss, allowing four runs on 11 hits. He did strike out eight, but walked seven. Uh, we went out of conference, played the Hudsonville Tigers. Uh, we went Hudsonville must've been decent because we threw Shannon against Hudsonville. And um, he threw a masterful game and a three-to-one win. Um, gave up a couple of hits early, but after that, he was almost unhittable. Yeah. Um, Shannon was just so solid. We talked about it on other podcasts. Shannon was so solid. He could he could throw heat. He could throw junk. He was just he was an, a really really good accomplished pitcher at that age. Yeah, and so four and five. So our records staying around this five hundred area. But as Brian said, these you know, we lost a lot of close games to good teams. Yeah. So definitely competitive throughout. Uh, we And then we won a one to nothing game against a powerful Mount Carmel team. So that had to be one of the highlights of the season. I'm sure Mike um, Ewald pitched every inning for them. Yeah. And um, let's see. I believe he did. Great opener from Joe Jones here. This guy's so good. Tony Worth was bloodied, but unbowed. Worth's run in the bottom of the seventh inning broke up a classic pitcher's duel to propel Red Hill into the championship game of the Eastern Division of the NEC, uh, which I didn't know about. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, I so either. I guess they did. It was kind of like a little, I think it was like a mini 14 round robin tournament you did. Yeah, the East. Again, but. I read, I read <laughs> in, in the kind of the wrap up that we made it to the quarter or semifinals of the conference tournament and yeah. <laughs> i even mentioned on i didn't know we had conference tournaments back in like the early 80s i, I certainly don't remember having a conference <laughs> tournament when i played that's right weird. division and, and split into divisions the east against the west yeah i have so no recollection of that um so these were juniors these guys you're gonna hear from when we get the 86 87 show of course uh ewald and grism are two of the best pitchers in the conference State. and it it ended how it should have been. A 1-0 uh, victory there. Um, Ewald allowed uh, only three hits. Um, Worth, Let me tell you the story of how this ended. Worth led off the Saluki seventh inning with a shot to shortstop that was bobbled for an error. Ewald then wild pitch. He's rattled a little bit. Um, throws a wild pitch. Um, Worth goes to second. Worth goes to second. Holman's at the plate. Two pitches later, Holman delivered the game-winning single to right field that scored Worth, bloodied but unbowed. Um, Coach Evans was waving him home the whole way. Worth took the throw home in his back, 
and the catcher's elbow in his nose, um, but scored the run. And Evan said, we finally won a close one. Um, Timely hits have been hard to find lately, but but Holman delivered one this time. Um, He said he liked the odds when when Worth got to second and Holman at the plate. He really liked their odds there. Bingo get the ball. He'd get the bat on the ball in that situation. That's really all you needed. Yeah. And and you've got Ewald. You've got him where you want him. You got him on the ropes a little bit. An error by a shortstop, a wild pitch. Um, it just perfect timing there. Um, and Evan says we could definitely be seven and four instead of five and six at this time. And it, and, then and then the next year our record's a little better because we won a lot of those close games. Okay. Yeah. The car, cardiac kids or the comeback kids. Cardiac kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now you got Carmi coming up in this Eastern Division Championship, and uh, of course they're going to throw Gaddy against you. A lot of good pitchers in this conference, Brian. I'm telling you, the NEC was good in everything back then. <laughs> yeah, but Grismer will be ready to go for uh, Tuesday's uh, Tuesday's game. So um, in that, so the hits off Ewald were by Worth, uh, Brian Emmons, Bobby York, and Tony Holman had the had the hits off of Ewald that we day. Had our, I mean, as far as our pitching goes, we we had a nice rotation. We could throw Shannon. You know, obviously we threw Shannon every chance we had, but. Then, then our our number two starter with Bobby York being a left hander, it gave us a unique rotation that that we could that we could really capitalize on. You had Stacy, you know, now even though young, he's got a good live arm, and and uh, yeah, we had we had some good pitchers. And I honestly, I, I probably should have um, searched for that Carmi game a little more. I don't think we won that. I don't think we won the conference tournament. No, we but did not. We lost that game to Carmi. I don't have all the stats on <laughs> that one. I hated them, Rob Gaddy and Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've they got, were good at Well, everything. next, when we do 86-87, I've got a, one of my bitter stories, and it involves Rob Gaddy from Carmi. And um, so we now that um, – that doubleheader sweep against Lawrenceville uh, evens our record at eight and eight. And um, uh, let's see uh, another exciting game there. Sluki's not in the contest in the in the first. That's the first. Uh, so the uh, the game winning hit was in the second when York lifted a sacrifice fly that scored Grismer, and then we didn't look back from there. Uh, we defeated the tender armed Terry Greentree. Uh, I know he seems like he had a big season for Lawrence that year who didn't have a very good season. Yeah. Uh, so they had just lost Trickett and then um, won the, the nightcap five to three. Um, so Grismer and Moore were the pitching winners that day. And then you're, you're really, you're going on a winning streak here. You won four in a row at this point as I kind of skip ahead through the season with a, um, you blasted Edwards County, Nine to two. Take that. And your, <laughs> and your records above five hundred at um, nine and eight now. And um, same uh, cast of characters: Grismer, um, Baldwin, York, Emmons, with a pair of hits. Uh, Stacy Moore obviously contributing. And let's start getting into we're start. Let's start getting near the end of the season and get into the regions because we had an excellent postseason. Um, we ended up splitting a, nub, a, a doubleheader with Flora. Uh, Shannon Grismer was dazzling on the mound with 14 strikeouts. Um, and after we had dropped the first game, the doubleheader, we did play Mount Carmel again later in the year. And Ewald did blank us. We lost 12 zip cool. uh, at the tank farm. Um, 
So I'm trying to see. It looks like Stacy pitched that game. So we did not have Shannon available for that game, but we do have the regionals coming up. So I'm assuming that's why Probably, Shannon yeah, is not pitched because I think the regionals are about two days later. So we saved Shannon for the regionals and we got off to a great start. We beat uh, Ken Mundy eight to three in the, at the tank farm in the opening round of the regional. And then we beat Lawrenceville six to two in the regional semifinals. So Red Hill is playing for a regional championship against the team that beat us earlier in the year, the Grayville Bison. Yep. So um, we're 12 and 10 right now. Uh, Coach said he expected us to be around 500 when the season began. But uh, if we could finish above that, that'd be a plus. Um, let's see. It looks like we will have Grismer back for the championship game. We're 12 and 10, and it looks like we're going against Grayville, who I believe is 24 and 5 yeah, they were good. coming wow. into this. Um, so let's, let's just go ahead and skip to the regional championship here. And so a little recap of that game. We lost 14 to 4 in the regional title game. Coach Evans said. <laughs> I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> Coach Evans said the ceiling fell in. He said, throw out the big second inning and you have a game, but we didn't. But we uh, we didn't blow it. Grayville's just a solid, good hitting team. Uh, in the second inning, they sent sixteen batters Ugh. to the plate and, and, and had a twelve to three lead after two. So it was kind of over from there. Uh, Grismer had some control issues that day, but he finished the season with the six and four mound mark. And and overall, I always hear a lot about Brino's senior year of baseball, but the um, pretty good junior year of baseball as well. Yeah, so. I just lost a lot of close. Like I say lost a lot of close games, and and uh, would lead to a, a really looking forward to and and the the next year. So and just so just a few things here on our um, the all NEC team. Shannon Grismer, um, of course, was and and Tony Holman made all NEC. So congratulations to those two. Uh, honorable mention went to Mike Kress and our own Brian Emmons. Honorable mention all NEC. Well, I'm going to tell uh, you something about Mike Kress. And, and I, I believe it was this season. It may have been, I'm almost 90% sure. He broke his wrist and he batted one-handed for a decent oh, percentage of this. this. Yeah, he batted one-handed for a decent uh uh, and like I say, it may have been the year before, but I'm almost positive. I, you're not going to see many people bat one-handed in varsity baseball and yeah, have so some success. Yeah, he could bat worth a least. special mention just for the effort he put yeah, in to get the special yeah. mention votes there. As I said, Grismer went 6-4. and four, He had 3.20 ERA, and he batted 298. Um, let's see. Holman um, hit 338 on the year, and, of course, it mentions his highlight of the season, that game-winning hit against Mount Carmel. Um, Emmons hit 259 and he was, he was the team's gold glove winner that year. Um, hit what? 259. Good. 259, according to what Jones has, but uh, I don't know if that's um, accurate or not. That was probably a misprint. I bet it (laughs) was 459. (laughs) Yes. Um, Cress and Worth, the two seniors batted, um, they, uh, both hit, said, they batted 359 or Crest hit 359. Okay. I didn't realize his average was, was so high there. And then I forgot to print it, but I know the all area team, Bobby York was all area of Vincent Sun commercial. Shannon Grismer was all area of Vincent Sun commercial. 
So, and then also special mention was Mike Kress, Tony Holman, Bob Bowser. Um, I think that not 259 ma- coming back to haunt me. <laughs> uh, we know Brino will make all area first team next year, but this year uh, yeah. David Staver and company at the Sun Commercial did not honor him. Sounds, um, sounds like it was much deserved if I hit 259. And then just uh, the, the, the sports bank was always kind of weird how we used to do it. Like you'd have every sporting events awards at the May sports bank. Yeah. So things that happened way back in the summer almost are awarded here. And it was actually the same night as this regional loss to Grayville. Yep. So you, you lose 14 to four to Grayville regional championship game. And you have to come back for this dinner and award ceremony. It at took the school. forever. And we didn't have any clothes. I remember we, <laughs> I didn't have clothes cause we didn't think we were going to make it back for it. Um, and so uh, behind the scenes look and that picture of that sports bag when I got like a Saluki pullover on and okay. um, I didn't even have clean underwear. I'm wearing jeans with no underwear in that picture. So everybody okay. can everybody can visualize that. <laughs> well, I know Brino's got those in front of him too, but a few things that I saw here. Um, it says Tony Worth brought home the lion's share of awards Tuesday night. He was named outstanding senior athlete. You've heard his name throughout the uh, podcast, so it's no surprise to anyone. Um, the most deserving three sport athlete, uh, Chris Sager, won um, the uh, MVP award in wrestling. Trina Reinhardt and Julie DeGrange, MVPs in basketball. Mike Kress got the MVP in baseball, and Junior P- Pat Bridget the track award. Uh, the Dirty Dog Award went to Jason Thacker in football. Wayne Perry, the rebounding award, Bobby York, the assist plaque, the, uh, who, um, whose name is on the Barnett award. Is that what we call that? The Barnett Memorial. (laughs) Yes. The Barnett Memorial. And then Mark Ambrose, most improved player that season, um, in, in basketball. And then in girls basketball, Angie Sims, most improved Ryan Hart free throw award. York won the batting title at 390 and Brian Emmons, the gold glove award for fielding and Carrie Hill, most improved in track. Brian Cummins, Scholar Attitude Award. And Stacey Shear, most valuable cheerleader. So that's some of our postseason awards there. I guess the last thing, I just got a couple of miscellaneous things, and I'll wrap it up here. Um, well, one thing I didn't, I got to do one more song here. While I'm, uh, so throughout that spring season a number one song early in the spring season so right as the baseball season was getting underway in the track season um a history lesson um i still use this song to answer jeopardy questions sometimes sometimes i hit them sometimes i don't but i refer to this song a lot so a number one song throughout the spring of 1986 was by falco rock me amadeus Speaking of weird songs on the chart, yeah, who would have ever thought? Love that song then, love it now. Um, a few things from the May board meeting to wrap us up here. We've hired a new superintendent, and who'd we hire to replace uh, Gary Glosser? Gary. 44-year-old Gary Glosser (laughs) has been hired as as the superintendent. Um, 
we laugh because back then we think of 44 seems so old and we're all well past, past 44 well so. well past um so just a kid coming in to lead the red hill school district um he was at potomac before in a, a field of 20 applicants doug andrews was just felt the best felt he was the best candidate for the job his educational background we thought he'd really move the district forward. So, and he ended up being an excellent superintendent for about 11 or 12 years at Red Hill. I know my dad really liked, respected him and, and really liked working for him a lot cool. um, for several years. Um, letters of resignation. I feel like we're over two hours and, and I'm getting this letter of resignation here. And it's almost, we got another story to tell, but um, I have to break this one up. Um Jim Hall, I don't even know who that guy is. He is no longer the Red Hill High School custodian, though. He's resigning. Oh, Ron, oh. Ron Butler is resigning as business teacher at... Um, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. At Red Hill High School. <laughs> now, now, there's a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get into that more on another podcast, but I believe there was a business trip. Business Brian, club. Were you on the, the business I, club took a trip to Chicago. Thank yes, um, the, it was an <laughs> annual trip. Thank goodness, as my mother said at the baseball game the next week. Thank goodness we had a baseball game the day of oh. that trip because. <laughs> Well, we may not have had a rest of the season or been playing freshman. So, yes, I would thank goodness that the business club trip was missed by myself. Yeah, so the business club trip did not go well. It went very well for some. (laughs) It did. There Uh, was there was there was a lot of activities going on that should not be going on on a school sponsored trip um, by both faculty and students and. Let's just, yeah, there there was a a good portion of the the student body that missed some time, let's say that, following that trip. Yeah, so Mr. Butler has decided to resign, or has been asked to resign (laughs) after that trip, and and they did accept his resignation unanimously. Dwayne Scott did not vote against that one. So that was the main... main thing from the board meeting that we have a new superintendent and we're in search of a new business teacher. So I guess we'll find out in the summer of 86 episode, one of these days, who will replace Mr. Butler as the business teacher? I got, I got my guess. <laughs> I, got, I got one of mine. <laughs> uh, I was um, look, looking over the yearbook here. Senior favorites, English leather. Oh, yes. Were, were you going to do this? Yeah, I'm glad you did it because I had it on my and I forgot to. I was ready to wrap it up, but keep going. And I English, might, English so, leathers, the favorite cologne perfume is musk. They did favorite colors. Like who cares about that? Favorite car is the Camaro toothpaste crest wins out. I'm surprised. Well, there. I guess I would. There is five toothpastes. Rocky Four got best movie. Rocky Four, Back to the Future, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Saint Almost Fire, Vision Quest. Your songs. Here we go. See if we got the ones we voted or we played. Number one. Oh, we'll start at five. Number five. I miss you. I miss you. Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy. I love that song. Conga Beat comes in at number three. Number two, That's What Friends Are For. And the number one song of the class of 86, Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie. 
Um, favorite greenie was AJ Mushrush, followed by Cindy Davis, <laughs> Danny Crosler, JC Bookhart, Susan Chitwood. I thought this was interesting. Favorite class. So they asked what your favorite class was. Number one was senior. Number two, <laughs> number two junior. Number three, sophomore. And number four and five, I think people figured it out, was contemporary problems and art. <laughs> so kind of a mixed bag. Uh, Coke Classic is your favorite soft drink, favorite food. Of course, is pizza. All right. And, Brian, let's go into some of our senior favorites. Um, what do they call these? Superlatives is what they call these awards. I, I call them sometimes. senior favorites, but I don't know what your fancy words are. Um, so, friendliest. Shane Inyer and Cassie McGee. Okay. Um, most musical. It's not Trisha Hazlett. It's Ooh. Susan Newell and Danny Ash, of course. Saxophone, most, right? Yeah, yeah. Most yeah. likely to succeed. Andy Myernick and Tia Bennett. And I'm sure they're both doing great things now. Sure they are. Um, let's see. Most studious Kathy Herring and Mark Barnett. Kathy, a teacher in the Red Hill School District right now, so it's good to keep those studious students home in our district. Mark Barnett, uh, a big fan of the Manfred Mann Earth Band. Okay. Uh, best dressed, Courtney Kirchie and Dan Piercy, and they're in some very stylish clothes here. Devo were, I, Dan <laughs> was always a very well-dressed man. I always liked this picture in the yearbook, apple polishers. I love this picture of Jason Thacker and Andy Polly polishing the apples. Um Class flirts, Patty Worth and Scott Moan. I saw Scott's doing some, is a good pickleball player yes, now in, yep, on the I circuit. Uh, most athletic, no surprise here, Tony Worth and Julie DeGrange. Best dancers, Tony Collins and Angie Fox. And just a few more here. Best all around, Mike Cress and Stephanie Murray. Uh, shyest, Ed Ferguson and Judith Piper. Uh, most school spirit, David Lawson and Stacey Shear. David Lawson wearing the Saluki mascot costume in the picture <laughs> um we assume that's david lost over there i guess they could put anybody if david wasn't there that yeah. day. <laughs> uh, of course ffa fha brant white and jeanette bond and then most artistic laura abernathy and brian angle uh gosh there's so much i was going to talk about the prom too we, we had we talked we more talk, about the yeah. prom on the on the uh prom episode but just to recap your prom king and queen that year, um, Chris Gail Sager, Paddock, Brian, yeah. Gail Pag, Chris Sager, Brian was on the court. Um, and then graduation, Tina, Tia Bennett was the valedictorian and Trisha Hazlett was the salutatorian. And does Trisha Hazlett not get a senior favorite award? My guess is she got like a lot of votes in a bunch of different categories. So yeah. kind of like the split the vote type of thing. So she was never... Because she could have won about eight of these categories, right? Marty she Curry, get... Marty Curry, the aforementioned, gets class clown. Oh, did I? Where is? Did I leave the class clown? Yeah, bottom left, that? next to the uh, <laughs> studious picture. They're actually dressed like clowns. Oh, there they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just missed that. <laughs> and speaking of, you're talking about Dan Piercy and, and Courtney's picture. I love that real thick glass right there. Oh yeah. And that's gone now, I yeah. believe. That's part of the demolished part of Red yeah. High School. But yes, I love that glass. I, mean, I, can, I can feel it right now. But So, yeah, I know I didn't go over prom much, but we do. We have a prom episode we put out back in about May of 
2021. So you can go back and we really dig in deep on that 86 prom, which was um, a night to remember. Yeah, I believe so. It was going to be that's what friends are for, but then we found out people found out it was for an AIDS raise money for AIDS, and we and they right. everybody demanded that it get changed. This could be the night. Yeah, yeah. The, there you go. Um, Lover boy song. Right. So he says a night. This could be a night yeah. to remember. So he says that in there. Um, all right. Well, there's more I could have done. I know I had, we had a lot there, but if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, fun show to do. Yeah. Good but year. It was a good year. I guess the only thing I have left is um, Ron Waldrop did one of his ag reports out at, he went to, he was talking to Joe Mosby, went to Joe's uh, place and um, Eric and Jason were riding their four wheelers around. Uh, Ron Waldrop saw a young Jason Mosby as he saw Ron Waldrop arrive, arrive, jump off of his four wheeler, run like he was being chased into the barn and come out with a um, helmet. And that's where Joe Joe Mosby let Ron Waldrop explain how he preaches the importance of helmets to his kids. And Ron had actually seen Jason forget his helmet, but realized it probably when he saw dad out there talking to Ron Waldrop. Um, So there's a nice article about the. Oh, wow. um, uh, Benefits of helmets. Yes. Okay. I I um, thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say he was running after that helmet like George Tidwell and Chip was whipping him. So since Eric listens to the show, I had to get, I saw that in there. I had to get that information That's awesome. in the pod. Well, what did we talk about? Bert and Shan? Firecrackers. Uh, the Lucky Leafers. Jeff Lynn telling me that I ran in place too long. A lot of Mike Crescent. Tony Worth. A lot of Carrie Hill and Sean Potts. <laughs> <laughs> the MDA telethon. Nepotism. <laughs> if you missed that reference, listen to the school board meetings. Seven minutes and 12 seconds. Yeah, and yeah, I didn't even, yeah, got that down way lower as this year went on. I didn't even get to that. Um, Jody Moan returns. Oh, yeah. Two Gone Brooks resignation discussions. Gene Moore. That's Scott Moan class flirt. (laughs) Well deserved. A young 44-year-old Gary Glosser. The Manfred Mann Earth Band. That was was recently in the podcast. (laughs) Falco's Amadeus. Diddy and Cassie McGee. What happened to Dennis Hill, the 98... Pound weight class. That might be my favorite part of the podcast. Is trying to figure that out. <laughs> All right, Chip Jamerson, Gary Emmons, David King, and Brian Emmons. We hope you have as much fun listening to this as we have doing it. Anything else to wrap us up? No, great year, great music, great music. Just uh, yeah, that's just kind of like our heyday. Chip and I and Dave kind of coming into ourselves and Brino living his best life and they're just good <laughs> great year from Brino and Carrie Hill had great years. I think, Topped uh, off with I think, me killing him I in think the spring. Me and Chip and Gary are all gonna go train do our training run now. Yeah you've got yeah. your you've got I your got time two and a half miles ago I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to break <laughs> Carrie Hill's record. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, thanks to our sponsors Tyra Griffiths Pizza House. Andrews Insurance Agency, People's State Bank, and, of course, Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. David, Chip, 
Gary. I am Brian, and we are Red Hill. Let's go white. The Old School Red Hill Podcast is an Impulse Radio production.